Hello and welcome back to the podcast, We Are Selling, brought to you by Realtair, the home of Pitch, Sign and Sell. My name's Lee Woodward, your coach and host, and rejoining us again this week after huge feedback last week is Mr. Mark Kentwell. Mark, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much, Lee. I'm so excited. We nearly spilled over into another episode last week because there's so much content jammed into that one, which was the buyer interview. And uh, the feedback that I've had already from that really showed me that there's an audience of people out there, real estate practitioners and professionals that want to get better, and they're really craving the stuff that is in front of them every day. So, like, I, I love what you're doing here, Lee. It's making a big difference. And, you know, for any listener out there, Give it a like, give it a share, because it's going to improve the industry around you, which will raise your own standards. So, you know, this is one of those ones to give support to the people who are growing it. And Lee's been in there doing this for decades. And we need to keep this stuff really getting out there to keep the professional standards rising. So let's get into it. Yeah, well, today's a great follow-on in our progressive learning in the area of biomanagement. Mark, what we'd like you to share with us today is communicating with buyers en masse. A lot of agents make the mistake of restricting who they speak to or communicate with, thinking, I don't need that many. It's the opposite of that. You need the net as wide as you can because they may have a trade-in, so you've got your buyer-seller. But there's a lot of buyers who go off, go off in the back burner. And you would remember in the original days of me bringing in systems to the world, I had a thing called the pot of gold. And the pot of gold was the buyer who gave up You'd, you'd categorise it to pot of gold, you'd ring them three years down the track, they're still in the same house, and you'd get them out to look at something and they'd buy it straight away because they're not looking at others. And by categorising the buyer management process and that one-to-one communication en masse, you've got such a listing stream of opportunities coming in. Mark, take us into this. In the interview process, we're uncovering their preferences, their profile, what they're looking for, their timeline. Once we've got that information, though, there's only so many pages in your top pocket book that you can hold on to. There's only so many sort of little post-it notes you can have on your computer screen. And, you know, Excel or Outlook, whilst they're great programs, they're not going to cut it. The real estate CRMs of today are brilliant. The top five or ten CRMs out there will all do this job easily. So this isn't a pitch on a CRM. This is about using the CRM to hold the information that you need to recall on a frequent basis for the betterment of your career, for your company you work for, for the client you work for, and the consumer that is the buyer that's making the inquiry. And it's about categorization. So, look, I'll, I'll start with some really simple things here. Obviously, we've got geographies, and that can be set up in a match profile in any CRM. So, the, the location that you're looking for, then you're going into price point, you're going into property type, all of that kind of stuff. Now, that is going to allow you to have a match profile that will yet usually then send stuff out to them automatically if it's set up that way when you've listed a property, or it's going to allow you to group communications and send stuff out to them when you select them by contact type. But what it's not going to do for you, it's not going to know all the other attributes about where that buyer's up to in their search what they own as far as other properties go, investments or otherwise, how ready they are to go on finance. That's going to require some further filters for you to do that. It's also going to require you to be tagging or putting some sort of note against them on the ones that you are dealing with specifically. 
I mean, most agencies in the modern real estate market, people don't own a buyer. Like agents don't own a buyer. Unless you're in a buyer's agency, then you might own that relationship. But in a seller's agency, like most agencies are in Australia, they're going to be working with the buyers. They might have a relationship with the buyers. And it might well be that if they've got a listing or they've got someone they're about to list, that they sort of have a, a priority to deal with that client if the client wants to deal with them. But from a buyer's point of view, it's about providing service to them. To provide service en masse, we need to categorize them into tribes. We've talked about geography. We've talked about buyer match criteria. What I'd like to talk about is like the temperature of the buyer. So if you think about the temperature of when they're ready to buy, I like to use something like hot, warm, and cold. Some places use A, B, and C, or one, two, and three. All the CRMs are capable of doing this, and I've been inside most of them. You would have seen the same thing. What do you prefer, Lee? Do you like temperature, or do you like a number or a letter? Yeah, I like temperature because it, it's different to ABC. No one ever rings the Cs. And I think it's important when you're categorizing a buyer, unless you've got your own groovy stuff there of buyer-seller because you, you want to categorize it. But by temperature, I think is a good way of doing it. Yeah. So what we're talking about here is how soon that they can act. And I'll give you some really simple things here that the listener can use. Hot to me, uh, in a buyer sense, is someone who could buy today. It doesn't mean they will buy today. And this is the critical thing with time. You've got to find the criteria that matches them. It's got to be in front of them and they've got to be geared up to do it. But if they've got finance, they've been looking at properties, they know what they want, they've got a criteria. And when it comes up, they can sign a contract within hours or a day or so of, of seeing that in person. That's a hot buyer. Usually that hot buyer will be most likely to transact in a 30 to 90 day period. But that's assuming that they're stocked there for them. If there's a very short supply of stock or you're in a very tightly held area or they've got very specific nuances, it could be three years as a hot buyer. And it can only be hot as of the last time you spoke to them. So the idea of having the temperature is that if they're hot buyers, you're talking to them roughly once a week, most likely. Could be more if you've got stuff to talk about. But like even just checking in, has the criteria changed? It's about one in 20 buyers from the national research I've done, speaking to a lot of people like yourself, Lee, speaking of people in data teams at REA, Domain, and all the big houses, is that it's about one in 20 people that buy the specific criteria they started with, right? So that's an amalgamated response. One in 20, so 5%. So 95% are buying something different than what they first told the agent. How do we know it's different? We talk to them. And this is why you need a communication plan. Now, if they're warm, I, it's like a hot buyer, but there's usually one or two factors that aren't ready yet. So they might be waiting for a kid to finish the HSC, to finish off the, the renovation on their house so they can get it revalued, so they can borrow against the equity. They might be waiting for a job transfer. There's all those sort of things. Or it could be dependent on their house cooling off or something like that. But if, it's, if, they're, if they're conditional on something, they'll generally be warm. And you need to know what that thing is. Because if you know what that thing is, then you can work with them on that thing, maybe help facilitate that to speed up, or just communicate with them until that changes. If they're cool or cold, whatever you want to call that, usually to me that is just saying that I have no intentions right now because there's too many other things that could cha need to change beforehand. However, you've got my details, you've got my criteria, and if you've got something that you think I need to know about, please let me know, but there'd be a series of other things. So hot, warm, and cold is an important filter. I'll, I'll, I'll pause here, Lee, in case you need to ask anything about that because then I'll go on to the next one. Really good, and described there with clarity. And I, I think a lot of people underestimate buyer management. They think it's easy, and if they're going to buy it, they'll go with us. But stimulating a buyer is when you are able to get them to progress further from 
cold to warm to hot because you say, if I had the perfect thing today, would you be in a position to sign the contract and take it off the market or are you prepared to wait? And, you know, that direct hit when you've got that perfect property, someone could be freezing cold and signing a contract that afternoon and we shouldn't underestimate what's possible. Mark, back to you. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just talking about buyers at this point, but you noticed in the buyer interview um, series that we did, the first podcast of this series, and listeners, if they haven't heard it, could check it out. I asked a lot of additional questions about other properties that you own, where you're up to on finance and stuff like that. And that opens up the door for people that are, like you talked about before, the buyer seller, uh, or they might be the buyer investor. Uh, They might buy the property, put a tenant in it, maintain their own, and then switch and put a tenant in the one they lived in, or any variation of that. But if they own a property that could be transacted or be leased out as a result of buying, we want to give that a name. So this is where I came up with the category of B1 to 4, buyer 1 through to 4. Different than the temperature, the temperature is about their ability to act. The buyer 1 to 4 is more about about them as a status. So if you look at buyer 1, it's a seller buyer. A seller buyer is someone that owns a piece of real estate that is likely to be transacted within 12 months of buying the other one, either before or after, or leased out. Because then they're a potential vendor or a potential landlord. And that's a very valuable relationship. And if you know about that and you know about where they've come from, you've got their address and you can categorize that, that's important. Buyer two is different. Buyer two is someone that has been actively looking at properties. They don't have a property to sell in the picture, so they're not a buyer one, but they've made bids or offers already on property somewhere in the market. Now, I asked you before in the buyer interview on, on the first episode of this, where, where were you up to if you'd been looking at properties and you hadn't been looking at them. But if you'd been looking and you'd bid on other properties, you could be in that stage where you're sort of on, uh, on the rebound, like people talk about after a relationship that didn't work out. They want to get back on the scene. So someone that's just missed out on an auction, the amount of deals that we've done with someone that's missed out on an auction, we've sold them a neighbouring property within hours, it's unbelievable. And I talked to a lot of the on-site auction guys. They do it all the time. You've almost got it geared up in case that happens. But you're not going to know that unless you've asked a question about what they bid on and asked some more information, which helps them better anyway. Buyer three is someone that's got a category. They know what they want. They know their match criteria. They know what they're after. And it's just saying, look, I've got a complete contact record on this person. We don't need to be asking a heap more questions. We know what they're after. We just see if it's the same when we talk to them next. And buyer four is we need further qualification. This interview is not complete. They might have been in a rush. They might have been rude. They might not have been asked a question by the agent, which is the most common symptom here. And we need to find out more about them. I throw in some other categories there with investor or INV for short because they've got a specific pension towards investing. So you can filter them to send them investment properties. I do the same for downsizers because even though they're a buyer one by virtue, we know they're more likely to be going from a big home to a small home. And there's going to be some considerations around that. I do the same thing for first home buyers or FHB because those first home buyers are going to have a more specific brief and they've got a few more things to navigate. You can do other sub-tribes on top of that, but those tribes seem to be enough. If they're all in a residential context and we're not worried about commercial, there's a lot more nuances in there. But if we've got those categories, we've now got tribes of people. With those tribes of people, you can set up rhythms of communication. You can set up different ways of marketing to them. If you're clever and using AI a lot at the moment, you can write ads for first-time buyers, investors, and owner-occupiers that are 
that are not on their first property, you can write all of those ads in one go and market the property in three different ways to three different tribes that is the same property. And this is where we can go when we've got the right data that's categorized in the first place. Mark, absolutely amazing. And for those people that just realize what first grade looks like, I l- you appeared on Real Estate Hot Topics many years ago on buy management, and we were discussing it's a one-to-one prospecting and communications plan. And I remember you going through the categories then, but the beauty of that, just for our listener, is you can then find and search by category. And as you mentioned, we could market the home differently to the different categories, but it's the same property. And we're getting a different result and a different channel coming in and a better chance of communicating and selling the home. But then, Mark, you've got that great opportunity to walk into a listing conversation and and say, look, we don't just have buyers. We've spent a lot of time categorizing a one, two, three, and four, which means we can do this for you. It's not just about whacking it on the net and getting a response. Mark, you follow that brilliant sequence of attract, engage, commit. And I think this really brings home how detailed you've made that. Well, the idea, Lee, thank you for saying that. And it's been a, it really has been a whole of career journey from, I remember the first month when I got into real estate and the, the coach I had at the time, which was a local agent that we had been through some courses. And I, I had coaches from day one. I met you only within that first year or so afterwards. But the coach that first started teaching me was using palm cards. Yeah. And, uh, like you might remember that if you've seen any movies with a 1970s doctor on them that uses the palm card, but I didn't see a place for it in real estate when I'd come from doing bands and event management as a hobby when I was working in engineering and mines. And we had spreadsheets and CRMs and databases and we were just handling bands in pubs. And I thought, wow, we've got so, so much further to go here. So by, by using these categories over time, we've made something sound it might sound complex when you talk about it, but once you get used to these categories and they're top of mind, you can jump off a call. You can make the changes right through your iPhone app for any of, or Android app for any of the CRMs these days. And once you've got them in there, it's not set and forget. It's set and remember. And that's the thing. If you can remember what that category means, you can pull that category up and you can communicate with those persons like they're the only people on the planet. And that's one of the keys in marketing, selling, or just providing good customer service that I think that in real estate, now more than ever, we've got to do that. Mark Kentwell, another fantastic edition. We look forward to next week's episode. And thank you for joining us on the podcast, We Are Selling. My pleasure as always, Lee. Thank you.